This is the History of Judaism podcast, the history and story of the Jews told by me, Yossi Silverman, licensed tour guide and Jewish educator. This was supposed to be the 9th of Av uh, special edition, uh, Av being a Jewish month, uh, the 9th of Av being a special morning day. Unfortunately, due to uh, my uh, serious technical issues with some of my equipment here, uh, this was not to be. If you want to change that, very easy. Uh, I need either contributions or to be able to monetize. You can contribute to my um, podcast by following the instructions at the end of the podcast. That's going to my Ko-Fi page or going to my Patreon page. Or if you can't afford to do that, hitting subscribe on my YouTube channel, Scout Israel. Um, and I'm going to carry on with the podcast now, and hopefully it'll turn out all right, and we'll actually have a podcast. So it was supposed to be the podcast for the ninth of the Hebrew month of Av, a day of mourning for religious Jews. And Jews in mourning are not supposed to listen to music, or even actually to greet you. So we cut out the music for this podcast to give you the general ambience of that day. In recognition of a destroyed temple, a history, a history solid with Jewish suffering, and the greater story of a broken world where suffering and pain is the norm, Zion wasn't going to greet you. And we weren't going to have instrumental music to ease our pain. Uh, and uh, it was uh, two days ago on Sunday, uh, at least Sunday in Israel, which was the 2607th anniversary of the destruction of the first temple in Jerusalem. A day commemorating the exile of the residents of the city, uh, and the burning of the city, and the destruction of the temple. It was also the day commemorating a lot later, but it's not in our timeline right now, it's going to be on the timeline later on, the destruction of the second temple, the end of the Bar Kokhba revolt where many Jews were killed, enslaved and exiled from Judea, a day associated with the beginning of the First Crusade, and is you're expecting me to stop with the nastiness. Nope, doesn't stop. It's the ninth of the Hebrew month of Av. A really a bad day in Jewish history. The expulsion from Jews from England, Spain and France. The beginning of World War I, a general tragedy for everybody pretty much. The day Heinrich Himmler formally approved the final solution and many anti-Jewish Nazi actions began. It was also the day of the Buenos Aires AMIA Center bombing in recent memory, and that's just to name a few. It's a horrible day, and it's a day of fasting. Today we focus on the first destruction, why it's formed an indelible stamp on Jewish consciousness for the next 2,607 years. Why all these subsequent destructions are seen as the extension of the first one? What happened in the last episode? So in the last episode, the new boy king of Judah, Jehoiachin, or Jehoiachin, in the Hebrew, or Konya, that was his nickname. He was punished for his support of Egypt by a siege of Jerusalem, by being, and then by being carried away in exile by the Babylonians. And his uncle, Zedekiah, was then put as puppet king. And then our puppet cuts his strings, goes back to supporting Egypt, and who could blame him? After 26 Egyptian gymnasts, they were still going strong. So Babylon is heading back, and this time there'll be much more than just a boy king being removed from the throne. There is actually a Babylonian version of this narrative, because we're interested in mirror versions too, um, and that's at least up until this point that we've got to in our podcasts. 
um, there's a prism, a large lump of stone called the Nebuchadnezzar prism, where this is all described in cuneiform. It mentions the siege in 597, where Conia's taken captive. And there's also another record, get this, it's a kind of billing invoice for food for VIP prisoners, uh, Babylonian captives. And one VIP prisoner was Yaukinu. It sounds very much like Jehoiachin or Jehoiachin, right? And he is a king of the land of Yahudu. It sounds like Judah, probably because it is, and it is him. It's not difficult to see the later siege as a continuation of the first. We don't really need to go into a big argument of whether it did or didn't happen and whether whether we need to have another account. I don't think we do. At least we're going to see that the archaeological evidence certainly holds up the existence of uh, another siege and the destruction of Jerusalem. Um, what happens next is alarming in its viciousness. In the 10th of Tevet, around about the year 586, we won't get into the arguments about uh, years there. So the 10th of Tevet, that's around December time, Nebuchadnezzar starts his siege of the city, which is a seven-month monster of a siege. The biblical account tells a story of a city starving to death. Jeremiah reports back, Jeremiah reports this in the book of Jeremiah, obviously, and also the book of Lamentations. He reports young mothers boiling their own children for food. Uh, we're not going to get into the argument about this happening or not happening. There is evidence, very clear evidence, of grievous hunger in the city. So in one of the oldest toilets found in Jerusalem, yes, toilets, in a place called the City of David, in a place inside the City of David known as Area G, um, in the City of David National Park, uh, there was an archaeoparasitological survey that was carried out on the decomposed remains of the toilet. Oh, come on. You know what archaeoparasitology... I can't even say it. Archaeoparasitology is, right? Well, uh, it's your new favourite Scrabble word. It's a whopping great 31 points, not sitting on a double word score. It's also the analysis of parasites. Uh, here, gut parasites in archaeological remains. Parasite remains were found associated with eating too much uncooked meat. Yeah, meat. Uncooked meat. I know. How much uncooked meat are you going to get in a siege? And why Why aren't you going to cook it? You can eat the, the horses and the beasts of burden. Uh, unfortunately, when you've run out of proper meat and then we run out of horses and then you run out of beasts of burden, you probably can eat people too. But you're not going to waste wood. You need wood. You need wood for arrow shafts, spear shafts, shields, extra supports on the wall against battering rams. In Israel, in the centre of the country, in the middle of July, when nothing's growing, and you cut off from all the forests in the area, there's not much wood. And you're not going to waste that on cooking meat. There's also been a pollen analysis showing the consumption of wild herbs. Sorry, Americans, I'll say that just to ignore you. Herbs which brings to mind some of the stories of the siege of Jerusalem in 1948, where one of my neighbours told me as a young boy, he had told to go by his mother to the municipal park to gather wild wild herbs as well, because that's all they had to eat then. By num month number seven, uh, most of the people inside Jerusalem are in fact starving to death. Then in Av, around about July time, I can attest to it being the hottest time of the year. The Babylonian general 
Nevuzadaran, known as the slaughter-in-chief in Hebrew Rav HaTabachim, burst into the walls in a frenzy of violence. The Judean army and Sedekiah did not stand and fight. Instead, they fled hell for leather through a breach in the walls over the Judean hills, heading east and south to the Jordan Valley, where they were finally confronted by a Babylonian force and slaughtered in a bloody rout. Zedekiah is finally captured, then is taken to Nebuchadnezzar in person. His last vision before his eyes were put out were of his children being slaughtered. Then Nebuchadnezzar had his eyes gouged from his face. Lovely. That brings me to the next subject, the destruction of Jerusalem, and most specifically the destruction of the temple. We have a huge problem in these podcasts that I haven't really discussed the temple because there's a huge issue with archaeology being carried out up there because the temple is traditionally thought to be on the Temple Mount. Uh, we can't really do archaeology there. That would cause World War Three, probably. And there's also certain issues with politically motivated vandalism of archaeology on the Temple Mount. Um, I don't think it's an, uh, a stretch to say there was a temple, because if you're dealing with um, this uh, current era, the 6th uh, century in the ancient Near East, people have temples. That's not a question. I'd st stake my reputation on there being one. There were temples in other cities in the area. Barely a few miles outside Jerusalem, Motza, there was a temple. In Arad, in the south, there's a temple. In, they're telling me there's no temple in Jerusalem, no cultic building. That's ridiculous. In Arad, another city where there's an archaeological dig in the south, there's even the utterance of a uh, temple of God, uh, referring to uh, maybe another building, maybe this building in Jerusalem. The ancient Near East in the 6th century was an inherently theist society, a society where people's lives revolved around the temple or ziggurat building. That's in other countries. Ties were given to the temple, public-private festivals happened at the temple, and the Ruzadaran entered Jerusalem on this day and burnt the temple to the ground. Slaughtered the priests, carried away the sacred vessels. What's an ancient people without a religion? Nothing. We have then the story of the rest of the city. The city was quite literally burnt to the ground. Every site, in every archaeological site that is, there's always a burnt layer from 586. Archaeologists can date objects by whether they appear above or below the burnt level from 586. And yes, different archaeologists have different chronologies and different understandings of its significance, but it's right there in all the sites. In one particular site known as the Givati parking lot, also in the city of David, they um, analyse one of the burnt layers and they use what was called an electromagnetic analysis of uh, finds in the burnt layer. If there's a strong enough fire, it affects the Earth's electromagnetic field. And so they are able to sample finds in connection with how it affected the electromagnetic field. And they found that some finds reached a temperature of over 500 degrees centigrade or 932 Fahrenheit. That is hot. Nevuza Daran Ravatabachin, head butcher or head cook, I suppose, set a fire strong enough to burn down the city and probably its inhabitants inside. Those left alive were carried away as slaves. The people of the land, who we discussed in Podcast 11, go to Podcast 11 now and listen about them, they were left. They lived around the city, in the areas outside, 
in the areas of Judah. They're left to tend the vineyards and fields for the Babylonians. But everybody inside Jerusalem and all the nobles, they're carried away in captivity. And one of the uh, nobles, a guy called Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, and, uh, was left as an overseer. The ninth of Av is a light motif. What's a light motif? It's a reoccurring theme in Jewish history, meaning a starving people, we're going to hear this again, slaughtered wholesale and those left taken away. But there is hope. Only uh, the nobility and the people of Jerusalem are carried away into, into the east, into Babylon. The people of the land, again, we mentioned them in podcast 11, are left under the rule of two men, Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, and Yishmael, the son of Netanyah. So what could go wrong there? Well, find out in the next podcast. So as I said, we're not finishing with the usual mu- music because Jews, d- Jews on the ninth of Av are traditionally in mourning. I'd like you to thank you very much for listening. Remember sub- to subscribe here on SoundCloud or any of the other platforms you're listening on. Uh, but really the best help is to go to you, my YouTube channel and subscribe there. Get regular virtual tours and blogs and other media and uh, I'll maybe I'll be able to monetize. But really, if you want to make it so that I can produce stuff on time and not have to worry about some of these serious issues where I have with my equipment, I need a little bit more money. I also need to be able to pay my, to pay my bills. Some of the um, money that I'm able to collect through my work on podcasts and videos, I'm also using to pay some bills as well. So the best way to improve the sound quality and to make sure everything comes out on time is to visit co-fi.com slash scoutisrael or patreon.com slash scoutisrael. This episode itself only exists because of the wonderful people who've donated so far. And as an an out-of-work tour guide, this is also essentially an essential part of my work. Thank you very much for listening. This has been the history of Judaism, the history and story of the Jews. Next time, we're going to be discussing Gedaliah ben Achikam and Yishmael, the son of Netanyah. Yishmael ben Netanyah.